Beyond, and hello everyone. My name is Jonathan Dornbush, and this is Podcast Beyond, IGN's weekly PlayStation show, where, of course, even though last week we delayed our episode to literally the end of the week to record, <laughs> naturally Sony still found a way to publish news after we recorded. So we'll be catching up on that and plenty more this week, but I'm joined, before we get into all of that, by Brian Altana. Beyond. And Tom Marks. Hello! Tom, thank you for being here. Uh, of course, we're going to be talking about uh, a game, Tom, that you recently reviewed. So we'll be jumping into that. Uh, and I think there's probably no better place to start than to catch up on the PlayStation Plus news that, of course, dropped after our late episode last week, which, by the way, if you did, if you happen to have not seen or uh, listened to the episode, it went up a little later to catch up on the state of play reactions. Uh, so definitely go check that out if you haven't already. But uh, yes, they're currently available. Uh, uh, the PlayStation Plus March lineup is revealed. In addition to all this, I do want to say if you're a PlayStation Plus member one and you don't have a PS5, still make sure to redeem every game because because you can then use like use those games later on your PS5 when you eventually get one. So you can still download Destruction All Stars. So just go check that. They've already announced new modes and things. I'm excited to see where that goes. But for now, there are four new games or, or four games added to PlayStation Plus for this month. Uh, the first one we'll start with is a brand new game. Um, this is published by Annapurna, uh, who Tom and I often talk about how they seem to just not be able to do any wrong and putting out a consistent slew of good to uh, incredible games. Uh, and so Maquette is a brand new puzzle game uh, that is uh, essentially uses. Uh, I don't want to spoil too much, but it essentially uses um size of the world in very interesting ways to force you to solve a puzzle uh both that is happening around you and that you can see on a maquette on the on the table as you can see in the footage that you uh can look at if you're watching the video version of the show but uh tom you reviewed it so rather than preamble about my experience too much i do want to touch on your review uh so if you if you want to sort of give us just like your overall like top level thoughts on maquette how, how did you uh how did the game you know settle for you yeah, so I gave it a, a 7 out of 10, which is good. I thought it was, it was a very good puzzle game um, that sort of didn't really make the most of what I think is a very, very, very clever idea. Uh, I guess out of the getting it out of the way, I'm super glad this game is on PS Plus because it makes it incredibly easy to recommend to everybody who has PS Plus. It's absolutely a game you should download on there and try. It only took me like two and a half hours to beat. Um, but also, and I, there's no way to, for me to say this without sounding very braggy, but like I beat puzzle games really quickly. Like it is just a thing I know about myself. Like, so probably it's more in the three to four hour range for anybody who is not like weird like me, who just like blows through puzzle games. I don't know why that <laughs> happens to me, but it's like, it's very odd. Um, you're so, allowed yeah. to be good at puzzle games. That's okay. You, you don't you don't brag about that. Thing. It's that. It's yeah. that's that's a good thing to brag about. <laughs> it, I feel like yeah. nobody can brag about stuff that they're good at anymore because people are just like, he's bragging or he's humble bragging. Like, no, he's proud. Of the fact well, that he's I'm good like, at that. I've genuinely considered putting it in reviews before just to like temper people's expectations, but there's no way to do that without sounding like a jerk. But like <laughs> like for example, I reviewed this game Obduction, which was the new game the the game from Cyan Worlds of people who made Mist and Rand Miller, and I in my review was like yeah the game was pretty easy like i didn't really know what the deal was and then like every other review when the embargo went up was like this game is way too hard and i was like oh, oh no like, <laughs> so who knows but uh yeah it's it's a really really cool game it's got a very incredible art style like it is just gorgeous to look at um but my main sort of problem with it and and this didn't ruin the game by any means but it just sort of like didn't really 
push the the envelope of its own ideas very often. Like I think a really good way to put it is, you know, how in a lot of puzzle games, it'll like give you an introductory puzzle to sort of like explain a concept. And then the next puzzle will be like expanding on that concept a little bit. And then a little later on, it'll give you that concept, but like harder. And it sort of steps things up slowly. This feels like all the puzzles are maybe only like the first or second step of that process. And mm. then it moves on. Right. Like it, 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 they're not bad by any means. They're just sort of like, they're just a little bit sort of unambitious for what is otherwise a pretty ambitious concept. And and that was just sort of a little disappointing to see, but it's still fun. It's still very beautiful and very fun. Yeah. Yeah. I, that's, a, that's a really good point. Cause I, I think there's a lot of puzzle games that sort of, for lack of better words, they sort of build upon a, their own language, right. which is like they kind of teach you a vernacular. And as you evolve towards the end, it's like if you forgot the lessons of of here, here and here, like you might not be good at this over here. Like it's something I think the, the witness was like pretty smart about building upon was, you know, you couldn't really just skip a bunch of areas in that game and know what you were doing. Like you had to pretty much ramp up along with the evolution of it. So, yeah, that, and, yeah that is interesting. And in the witness, they're really cool thing about the witness that i love is that if you learned that language and you knew that language and you started the game from scratch you could go anywhere right because right. you already yeah. knew it and and yeah maquette just doesn't really have that freedom and it puts more of an emphasis on story but the story i thought was like cute and well acted but sort of it's a story of a relationship that i could only describe as basic right like <laughs> I, it's very simple and that's kind of it I know what you mean. So I've played, I want to say about maybe like 80% of it so far. I'm, I'm almost right. done. It was one of those things where I did get stuck on a puzzle or two and I just had to like walk away last night. So I'm going to probably come yeah. back to it tonight, solve it in five seconds, be pissed at myself that I couldn't get it yesterday <laughs> and then move on. But um, I, I reading over your review and everything, I, I pretty much agree with all those points. Like I, again, I think totally with it being on PlayStation plus go check this game out. Like there is no reason not to, it is really fun. And I think what does work there does work really well, but you're right that it kind of introduces these ideas and then rather like, rather than luxuriating in them or testing your strength with them after about 20 minutes, it's on to the next thing. Like I, there's a yeah. late game without spoiling too much. There's a late game <laughs> puzzle that uses somewhat of a, a Tetris block setup, and I don't want to spoil too much else, but Tommy, you probably know which one I mean. Yeah. Um, that uses an interesting, like Tetris mechanic, but it's the first time it's introduced in the game. And then it, it, I doubt it's going to be reused again, but I would have played probably like four or five more of those puzzles to get into the hang of it. And real, I wanted more like it did. It right. left me in that space of, I want to see each of these puzzles, but yeah, like, as you said, the journey so far is really, it's a beautiful game. The puzzle ideas that are there are really cool. I really like the soundtrack selections. Like, I don't know. Yeah where these songs are from. I hope there are listings in the credits so I can go download them later. There are, but, there are. Okay, good. But they, they work really well as like rom-com soundtrack, the video game. Yeah, um, it definitely has that vibe. It uses licensed music in a way that I haven't seen a lot of other games do. Yeah, it made me go like, oh yeah, I wouldn't mind if just like a poppy rock song appeared in a, in a game one time. Because like this is nice and, and it's pleasant in a fun way. But yeah, I, I agree with you in terms of the story. I think it's, it is well acted. It has Bryce Dallas Howard and she does a really great job uh, in it. But it it almost feels like everything the characters say is meant to be as simple as possible to so that it remains relatable. But by doing so, it lacks the specificity to make it feel real. Yeah, um, that's not a bad way of putting it. Like the, the problems they seem to encounter are like 
the problems of like rom-com 101 almost to me right it's and, and like it, it like you said it's well acted like i think they convey it well i think the way it's introduced in the world works but yeah it's kind of like there's nothing in that story that i could not have told you probably from minute one would happen <laughs> right uh as it goes through um yeah and again, but, this is a lot of criticism, but I think it's uh, partly for me, the reason I would came down pretty critical on it was like, I was really excited for the idea, right? Like the, the concept is so good of this like recursive world. It's just so yeah. cool. Um, and then also it's just sort of a tricky thing when it's like, well, if you want this similar story, but better, you could probably go play Florence. If you want like a similar recursive idea with more interesting puzzles, you could probably go play Manifold Garden. If you want like this similar art style and presentation, you could probably just go play the witness. And like, so it's in this weird sort of odd duck of a space for me where it's like, I definitely would recommend it, but I'd probably recommend a lot of other things first. And that doesn't mean it's bad. It just means it doesn't really like there's, it's not doing a lot that like blew me away in, in the way that some of those other games I just listed did. Um, and the fact that it's on PS plus for free makes it a really, really easy way to then say, Oh yeah, you should just go play this. Cause it's cool. Yeah, mm-hmm. I I definitely recommend it too with you. I'm right there. Like I I do think it is, especially as a PlayStation Plus game. There's no reason to not go check this out, especially if you have any inclination toward puzzle games. Like I do think it's really, I I've had a really fun time with it. But yeah, I'm I'm very yeah. much with you there, Tom. In terms of like, it it has left me wanting more, not just in the sense of like, ooh, I can't wait to see what Maquette Two is about, but like, <laughs> it, in terms of, I wish there was more meat to it because the foundation is solid. It just right. doesn't do enough with that within the context of this single game but um as you said like it's a relatively short experience if you have playstation plus i don't think there's uh, any reason not to jump into it i've seen a lot of people fall like head over heels in love with sort of the storytelling of it so it may hit you a bit more passionately than it has tom and i but um yeah definitely i think a good one to look out for this month uh in addition to that uh i wanted to bring up this one next final fantasy 7 remake is free to download on the PS4 version, but it comes with a bit of an asterisk. So if you have Final Fantasy VII Remake on PS4 currently, if you bought it before it was on PlayStation Plus, you're entitled to a free PS5 upgrade of the game when it comes out later this year on June 10th, I believe. Um, If you get the game through PlayStation Plus, you are not entitled to the PS5 upgrade for Final Fantasy VII Remake, and we'll have to buy the full game on PS5 to play it on PS5 in the new version. You can play it backward compatible, of course, but to play the PS5 version, which is also the only place to play the Yuffie uh, DLC story that they're adding is only in the PS5 version. So you essentially get Final Fantasy VII Remake, but if you want to see it keep going, you'll have to rebuy it on PS5 if you're getting it through PlayStation Plus. And I think yeah, if you, you, I think if you get the Fury PS4 to PS5 upgrade, you still have to buy the Yuffie DLC separately. Yes, as like another thing. And so it's worth pointing out before we get too far into this because I think there's a lot of like ifs and what's and we'll see because you know we're four or five months out from this they have not announced a separate price point for the eufy dlc so we don't know what that will cost people who have the game at this point right now it could be any you know like it could be twenty dollars it could be 40 i have no idea uh but additionally they haven't stated whether or not there will be like a discounted upgrade price for these ps4 uh these playstation plus owners which i to me if they're gonna pull this i think is the most respectful thing to do if you're gonna charge any money at least charge a discount um but yeah it's a strange place brian uh, what, what are your sort of like general thoughts on the well the we were we were joking earlier about like news getting announced after the state of play and between when beyond recorded last week uh there's a specific and strategic 
uh, justification behind that. And that's because this is an incredibly convoluted, wordy mouthful to explain to people who had just seen the trailer the day before for the free upgrade path from the PS4 to PS5 versions of Final Fantasy VII. Like, this is a really cool thing that they gave this big, big AAA game out for free, or air quotes free, as part of the PlayStation Plus. But um, not having that path is definitely like a difficult thing to to parse the reasoning behind, um, especially fresh off of the announcement that like, you know, we're celebrating this game again. It's getting new content. It's getting an upgrade, blah, 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 blah. Like, I, I'm not crazy about this, honestly. Like it's it's it feels weird, like looking a gift horse in the mouth on this one or I guess paying a monthly subscription horse. <laughs> uh, but it doesn't feel it doesn't feel like this is the like super cool of them, honestly. Like it feels a little crappy. Like it's a little bit there's a little bit of like that's kind of gross. Like you could have flipped the switch and just been like, hey, play it now. When you get a PS5, you can upgrade for free. But instead they were like, you have a weird version of it that doesn't really exist anywhere else. Enjoy air quotes. <laughs> yeah. I, I, so I told I don't disagree with you at all. Um, but the the thing I thought was so funny after the Yuffie and Intergrade DLC stuff announcement at all was like people on Reddit were like sort of in this weird zone of being like, well, honestly, I'd expect like what I'd expect from Square is that you just make us rebuy the entire game to play Yuffie at all. So the fact that we can even buy it separately in any way is sort of an improvement for them. And it was like, <laughs> like you know, like and it, it's not it's not good, but it's also like less bad than usual yeah yeah it's, it's there's a little the stockholm of, syndrome there <laughs> yeah it, it is a bit it's a bit of a conversation that's happened i think around persona where you know to play the royal content for persona 5 royal you have to buy that version of the game like anyone who owns persona 5 can't just buy that content separately right. um it's a different situation but in terms of a like yeah i i saw a little bit of that of people and, and you know like Full disclosure, I obviously, as someone who's played the Kingdom Hearts series a lot, I have bought remaster collections multiple times on multiple platforms. So, like, am I a bit of a hypocrite for knocking this? Probably a little mm-hmm. bit. But it, it it felt strange in the way of, like, Brian, I totally think you're right, that they very clearly wanted to bury this bit of the news the day after. And this is why they didn't mention it in the state of play. Right. Um, but I, I did see a few people defending it. I was like, well, you know, they just want to, like, if all these people didn't buy or aren't going to buy the PlayStation five version. Like they could be losing out on money and sales. So it just makes sense that they'd want to get these people to buy it. I guess my counter argument would be like, if they haven't bought final fantasy seven remake by now, they probably weren't going to and giving them a free version that might incite them to buy DLC is probably the best case scenario you could hope for. Yeah, Um, no, I I think that makes sense. I think with it, this is a, this is a difficult one, right? Because it's like, I, I know specifically a lot of people who are like, I'm going to wait until this game is done to play it. And I mean, obviously that could be five, 10, 50 years away. But um, the the other thing too, is like, there's the convenience of, of PlayStation plus that brings you to play games that you might not have played. Otherwise it's what we were talking about a minute ago with my cat. It's like, this is exactly why this game is perfect for me. Cause I would maybe would not, it wouldn't have been on my radar or I would have been on mine cause I'm weird. But I think like for the general, general populace, like they would be like, I don't know about this, but this is like a game where, you know, maybe this wasn't necessarily on people's radars or maybe there's a lot of 
casual subscribers. There's millions and millions of people on PS Plus, millions. And maybe some of them go, oh, Final Fantasy. I remember that when I was 10 or, you know, uh, I heard about this or I just saw this in the state of play two days ago. I'm a, I'm a hardcore gamer who also <laughs> didn't know this game came out a year ago. <laughs> We're creating a lot of uh, very lot interesting of, yeah. hologram people here. Uh, <laughs> but... I, I, you could actually watch the the sort of ebb and flow of the reactions to this in real time on social media when this announcement happened, because people were were like, oh, my God, this is awesome. It's free now. And they just announced the other day that anybody who has this game gets the upgrade. And now I'll have this game. And then like five minutes later, they'd like, you know, thread tweet and be like, ah, no, I won't. <laughs> this, <laughs> this sucks. But it, it's still cool. It's still a huge, huge title. But I, I do understand that there is. Uh, it's it's a little cloudy the messaging there and you know it is what it is what can you do it feels like a one of the like kind of like dying breath remnants of the distinction between generations right yeah it's like no we're only giving you the ps4 version of this game and it doesn't upgrade is such a like i'm so excited for a year from now when we just don't have to deal with that anymore it's just all that stuff is going to go away Mm-hmm. Yeah, all, all the red tape behind like cross gen upgrades, and admittedly, some of it is caused on Sony's part when it comes to cross gens or to cross uh, platform stuff because you know Xbox has the uh, well, I forget the name for their service, but the essentially the like overall thing that let them just have upgrades, you know, uh, from last gen to current gen. I'm blanking on the name for what that service is called. Forgive me. Um, but they, uh, games and cross play games anywhere i don't know it's, it's, it's probably a somewhere, garbage. Yeah, it's, it's somewhere there, but they, like they had that whereas on ps5 it's been more case by case it's just yep. like it's so much smart weird. delivery was that what they were smart delivery That's yeah it's, you know buzzword garbage we, we got there put together um you are good but, at puzzles <laughs> <laughs> uh Oh, God. Uh, what's that service name is just the worst puzzle I'd never. Um, but yeah, it like it, all of that has only, I think, added more frustration. And Tom, I think you're right. Like a year or two from now, when we don't have to think about these things, we'll just be we'll just, it, the game is just available and yeah. that will work. That will be nice. But uh, yeah. as we were saying, like the asterisks aside, it is a huge game to have. And so if you haven't played Final Fantasy seven remake and you have a PlayStation four, you should probably go check out Final Fantasy seven remake because it's a very yeah. pretty game. Yeah, uh, and really, honestly, really great game. To, to be fair and to sort of like read the the larger room, I, I don't think there's been like a, a an outreach or a backlash against this, uh, nor maybe should there be like I, I, I thought like with the scenario with control, like that felt a little bit more like you're like you're kind of messing, you're screwing over your like most de- dedicated, devoted fan base here. And they kind of reneged it. Right. And 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 fix it in some ways. And I, I haven't really seen that here. So for for all intents, like I think this is the way it's going to be. And that, that's, you know. What can we yeah, do? everyone who has purchased it already will be getting that free upgrade. And so like my best advice would probably be like if you happen to see it, like if you claim it through PS Plus and you happen to see it for like 20 bucks on the PSN, probably just mm-hmm. buy it there and then you'll get the, you know, cheaper PS5 version. Yeah, uh, if it allows you to do that. I don't know if there's weird red tape in the background. But anyway, uh, moving on from that, uh, the third game in the lineup is a uh, Farpoint, uh, a PSVR game, which uh, I am personally happy that there are psvr games in the lineup i like i think we've called for that on the show quite a bit that like one there should be vr games in the lineup for the people who uh you know have psvr because obviously it's a very dedicated audience but also for people who don't have psvr if you suddenly have a backlog of 15 vr games that you could play for free because you had playstation plus and you see a psvr headset on sale you're probably more inclined to go buy one 
Mm -hmm. um and so i think adding a game like this that was pretty prominent i've actually not played farpoint so i if if either of you have more experience with it i have yeah how how did how did you feel about it because i think i've heard so things so yeah it's i mean i don't I, i don't think it's like it's one of those things where i i think it would have been way less interesting as just a like a sci-fi fps game in non vr uh vr makes it a lot more interesting like like it does with with many um sort of banal mundane or even just you know uh, kind of overwrought things is like turning you know opening a notebook in vr is more interesting than doing it with the a button when you're playing the video game this is one of the like sort of like larger tier bigger budget psvr games um this is the one that sort of went hand in hand with the 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 controller that i'm already forgetting the name of the smart smart delivery controller (laughs) um no uh and uh it's this is super cool to see this here this is like if you if you didn't know about this game or you slept on it because you have a psvr and you went for like some of the more like known franchises and stuff like that um this one's this is a super fun like kind of old older school like a uh, first person shooter with just like some giant, awful exploding spiders in it and like interesting environments and stuff like that. The controls work really well. Um, I dig this one. Yeah. I, like, I don't think it's it's not it didn't win a ton of awards or anything like that. I don't think it's going to like reinvent VR shooting or anything, but it has a lot of really cool stuff. And if you have a PSVR or you're uh, thinking of getting one, um, add this to your library. Absolutely. And then the last one on the list is uh, for PS4, but I believe it, it's backward compatible. But this is a remnant from the ashes, which is a third person shooter uh, is. Am I wrong? Is this one of the souls likes that yes. I feel yes. like we have talked about yes. on the show before? OK, because um, yeah. I'm I'm all on I read our producer and I have talked about this uh, off the show, but like I'm I'm fully on the Soulsborne train. So like I kind of am looking for <laughs> some other souls like so ha- have you both have had experience with this one? Yeah. Mm-hmm. How how is it? (laughs) It's fun. It's fun. Let me let me start that over. It's fun. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, it's it's basically Dark Souls with guns uh, with a little bit more of an emphasis on up to three player uh, co-op sort of from from the get go rather than Dark Souls is weird sort of it's co-op, but you've got to jump through some hoops to get to co-op sort of stuff. Um, Yeah, it's cool. It's it's a very like weird there's weird guns it's got a really weird gross sort of art style in a in a good way um it, the only thing that it kind of i think lacks from the souls formula is that its worlds are randomly generated the first time you start a run and then you can reset your world like your world will be set from the moment you generate the game you're playing and it's not like a short game it's not like a one hour roguelike or anything um mm-hmm. but basically it means you can infinitely replay the game and it will be different bosses a different order of rooms different stuff like that um and the one thing that that does sell it short from other souls likes is that you don't have this sort of handcrafted very intricately designed world to explore and go through but it's also just sort of doing something different from souls likes that's not necessarily like a objectively worse part of it yeah, I, I I agree with a, a lot of what Tom's saying. I think that that's a big that was a big issue for me was the sort of I, I will always appreciate a deliberate, individually well-crafted world over infinite opportunities. Uh, yeah. That said, I think the the way the algorithm works and the way it procedurally generates levels in this game um, mostly works like it yeah. actually creates it stitches together a bunch of sort of same ish environments with some unique ones and threads you through some kind of cool needles. Uh, I actually really, really like this game. 
Um, I don't know if it just hit at the right time or like I got it through Game Pass, which is just like getting it through PlayStation Plus in that like you're like, I didn't really know I was going to, you know, I didn't think about this game. I was kind of like running through a bunch of Souls likes at the time and trying to find one that would really click. Um, And this one, like the the emphasis on guns in this game uh, really does add a unique dynamic for me personally. Like I thought that was really cool. And like, I don't really play uh, like Bloodborne and Dark Souls and stuff like that, like projectile based. Like I, I, you know, there isn't really a ton of that in Bloodborne, but I'm mostly like, you know, up and in your face, like drunken master style. And this is like very like i want to hang back and pick off crowds and stuff like that i think the um there's a lot of super cool bosses in this game that are like legitimately tough uh which I, this one that would sucks f that, that boss there are a couple Dude. This, is, this is one of the main because i i agree i think it's a really really fun game and especially yeah. on PS plus you should absolutely pick it up and play it co-op with some friends but no there are some bosses that mm-hmm. you won't hit <laughs> And will make you want to walk away from it completely forever. Like, <laughs> yeah, if you if you listen to the show and you didn't see what we we're just like, there's there's this awful dragon garbage on a bridge and you have to fight <laughs> and I hate him. The last boss of this game oh. sucks, sucks. I hate yeah. saying that. Like, that sounds like the Dark Souls butterfly boss. I forget. Her. I always call her Madame yep. Butterfly. But yeah, that mm-hmm. sounds like her. I didn't even beat this game. I got to the final boss and then Me too. I, I thought that the final boss was so frustrating yeah. that I was just like, you know what? I don't have anything to prove to myself well, and I don't want to go back and like grind just to beat this boss. So like, I'm good. And I just stopped. <laughs> like you met, you mentioned the co-op thing and I was like, yeah, that's cute. I don't play. I like, I want to be alone when I play souls likes, you know, <laughs> I like leave me alone in the dark, you know, and I like, I'll have, I'll have a couple of drinks and, and, and be scared and, 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 and fight bad guys. I don't want to like, you know, squad up with friends and be like, Oh, we're, we're in yarn and where we dropping? Like, I'm not, I'm, I'm not, <laughs> that. this is like, I want to play these games alone. And the, I got to the end of this game and every like wiki and FAQ is basically just like, well, you got to bring like four or five like high level friends with you. And, and I was like, no, 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 I I'm, I'm at the finish line. I don't want to make friends. That said, I, I dig it. Definitely play remnant. It's super fun. I really yeah. love that the, the coverage just for anyone watching on the video that it came from the <laughs> Gamescom Now segment. <laughs> so if you're wondering what our Gamescom coverage was last year, Remnant from or two years ago, Gamescom from or Remnant from the Ashes. But uh, mm-hmm. so, yeah, that's the, the four game lineup. You can also uh, download, as I mentioned, uh, Destruction All Stars still uh, throughout this month. Uh, and then I think they also announced that that one will be $20 after the PlayStation Plus timing instead of 70. Uh, they updated, which I think is the best case scenario for that game. Absolutely, um, especially with its sort of emphasis on, uh, you know, paid content. Uh, yeah. I think that's a ri- like that that makes it a lot easier to swallow. Yeah, I think that's going to help a lot in the long run, especially with whatever, you know, uh, content additions and different modes and whatnot they have planned. But we'll definitely keep an eye on that one. But uh, yeah, I it, we were spending a little more time on PlayStation Plus this month uh, than I think we have in the past few months, just because I wanted to one point out. I think this is a really solid lineup. Like, I think this is really yeah. great on the whole. I think it's. Um, we've talked a lot about the show on the show in the past, uh, after they got rid of PS, uh, three and Vita games from the lineup that like two games a month, wasn't really cutting it as a reason for spending money on this service. Um, and so, you know, this is not back up to six games, but this is like a well-rounded look of what you can get. Like it is a PSVR game, uh, two backward compatible PS4 games and a PS5 game. Like there is a enough here for whatever platform you're on. And I hope we can, we see that continue. Uh, and really, since the PS5 has launched, I'm going to say there's been one month that hasn't been great. 
but the PS5 launched in November and we got Bugsnax, Shadow of War, Hollow Knight. January, we got Maneater, Shadow of the Tomb Raider, and Greedfall. February, we got Control, Concrete Genie, and Destruction All-Stars. We have this month. That's a ton of great games in such a small span, regardless yeah. of whether you're on PS4 and PS5. I think December, where it was Worms, Rumble, Rocket Arena, and Just Cause 4 is probably the weakest of these months. Um, I'm, I'm still salty that my uh, Maneater PS4 save file didn't carry over to my PS5 while we're calling out yeah <laughs> minor grievances <laughs> no that's fair it's I, again the there, are, there are caveats to to some of these things but in total i am because we, we have been i think quick to point out that like man playstation plus wasn't cutting it for a while i do want to point out that i do think it is i like i do think we are in a a much better period than we have been honestly for the whole last year totally um, agree yeah. totally agree it is it feels much more worthy especially i think when you it like it obviously it does not compare whatsoever to game pass but when you do see the other console line being like hey subscribe for roughly the same price and you get 100 games every month at least the games we're getting now seems to be of a like more well thought out caliber and totally. uh you know variety month to month so I'm, I'm i'm pretty happy with where playstation plus is for the moment and i hope it keeps up uh also just as a reminder for anyone regardless of whether or not you have playstation plus you can currently download Ratchet and Clank, the 2016 uh, PS4 game, for free. No strings attached. It's not a temporary ownership. Uh, you don't need PS Now or PS Plus. It's just part of the Play at Home initiative that PlayStation did last year and are doing again this year. Uh, so if you haven't played Ratchet and Clank before, go go redeem it. Even if you're you're you know think you might wait till closer to Rift Apart, just go redeem it now. Get it while you can. It's free. It's a fantastic game and definitely worth it. Mm -hmm. um and chances are if you live in the world you want a bright colorful fun joyous action platformer to play right now uh because that's <laughs> a lot better than almost literally everything else so you need it that's why they're telling you to play it there's like stay stay home for a few hours and play this game and enjoy and cheer up because it's good and if you don't we'll be here to tell you about all the souls likes and soulsborns you could be playing that's right which helps just as much <laughs> uh the other major topic there's been a couple other things that have popped up uh since we last recorded one brief thing i'll mention that uh popped up today uh just curious to hear both of your thoughts uh the playstation store they announced will no longer be selling movies and tv shows uh i have never once purchased or rented a movie or tv show from my playstation um, you said that you, you said that it will no longer be selling movies or TV shows. And my first literally my first thought was it sells movies and TV shows. So <laughs> I guess my life will not be affected by this. I and I'm I'm sure there are users out there who have like if, if you have purchased things, you will still have access to them for now. Like, obviously, we'll see where things go in the future. Digital libraries are unfortunately digital libraries, but uh, you'll still have ownership of them on your PS4. They won't disappear. But yeah, I. It's not a shocking announcement to me. It feels a little out of the blue. Mm -hmm. um, sort of in the same way that when they canceled PlayStation TV, I think a year ago around this time, they were kind of just like, well, that's the end of that. Uh, and the few people who used it were like, that was pretty good. But like I use Hulu and Amazon and Netflix and HBO. I use all of the entertainment apps on my PlayStation and I've never once thought I should go directly to the PlayStation store to get these things. Yeah. Well, let, let me ask you guys this. Do you have... Um like a, are you building a a digital library anywhere like are there Not any movies, movies that, and tv no oh interesting because i yeah. i feel like i've done like i i ditched physical media for for movies and tv a very long time ago uh with like rare exceptions for stuff like you can't find you know on digitally um but i've like slowly amassed through like movies anywhere um just like things i've purchased or redeemed um 
uh, small library of like I, there were like a bunch of movies like two or three years ago where I realized my wife and I every single December were <laughs> renting like the same five or six Christmas movies that were all like like five bucks to rent and ten dollars to own. And I was like, we're going to make an investment here. <laughs> we're going to make five dollars <laughs> a year off of this. Uh, but then there's, there's a couple things that I've just like I, I, I want to be able to watch whenever I want. But I, I do think and that's through movies anywhere, which like basically I think you would have to expect like seven or nine sort of parallel streaming platforms to all pull this move on the same day and then be like, you don't have this anymore. But this is once again, like that risk of that all digital future that even if you were that small group of people buying games exclusively or buying movies and TV exclusively through the PlayStation Store, um, which I imagine there wasn't like a ton of, but it out because they push that shit pretty heavy on the on the front of the store. Like when I was there for games, they're like, would you like to buy some TV shows? And I was like, not at all. I uh, don't need to watch Get Hard with. Will no, yeah, I'm good. Yeah, that Thank was you. that was there for so long. It was really up there for a while. Yeah, <laughs> um, I think that's the most I can remember about that movie is that it was. On yeah, the PlayStation. I've never seen it. But yeah, it it was clearly a thing they tried to push and tried to make happen. I mean, like even when. PlayStation originally was going to try to make the PlayStation Studios. uh, I forget the exact name at that time, but it was they made that TV show based on Powers, the comic book series. They they were trying to get into the originals game like, you know, six, seven years ago, and we're going to use the PlayStation Store as the outlet for that. Uh, Obviously, Mm -hmm. that that experiment didn't work out. They're now just partnering with movies and TV uh, production studios to make stuff for other platforms. Uh, So these kind of go hand in hand. But yeah, it's an interesting aspect that it it is kind of integral to the store. Like it is a major, it is one of the main options is to go buy these things. I just, it's something I've never used. Um, and so it's, it's death is sad for those I think who use it, but probably will be not much more than an inconvenience for most. Um, anyway, other than that, the, the one bigger topic I did want to touch on, uh, that sort of broke over the weekend, or at least in my estimation of the weekend, since I took a longer weekend was, um, (laughs) that, uh, there seemed to have been some somewhat verified potential leaked clips of an Elden Ring trailer. Uh, they are, as is tradition, shot off screen (laughs) on a camera phone from 2007, um bouncing all over the place yeah it's they are as predicted for any sort of leak terribly done but yeah. um these uh, were done entirely with the game boy camera as always which is you know <laughs> part of the requirements the only way to leak a game uh that that or the 3ds camera that you had to front face towards yourself <laughs> to be able to to put your face in that one mini game at launch anyway um that's i don't know why my brain went there uh, anyway we have uh apparently seen some slight uh you know, slight teases of it. Uh, there were rumors and people suggesting that Elden Ring would appear at a Microsoft event that is supposed to happen in March. Uh, Aaron Greenberg from Microsoft went on Twitter and said that this is not happening. Um, and but apparently sources speaking with VGC, uh, who we've previously referred to during some of the Silent Hill leaks, uh, mentioned that they the they've sort of verified the the origins of this off screen footage of gameplay from Elden Ring. Uh, it is reportedly being shared in online chat groups, so I assume on like Discord channels or something. Uh, and it shows the, the internet. Yeah, the, the internet. I saw it on the internet. Uh, and it shows quote a montage of familiar soul style melee combat, boss battles against a fire breathing dragon, and a large sword wielding foe, and a glimpse at horseback combat in a large open environment. Um, 
Jonathan, you made it further into that sentence than I did before I headed to the Internet to watch it myself. Probably the easier way to experience that content. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so obviously we won't be showing the leaked footage here uh, as we haven't been able to to verify the sources of it and whatnot. But it, it's obviously out there. We, we're not going to link to it and everything. But um, th- this is one of those weird cases where I th- I feel like Elden Ring is probably the most talked about game that we have seen the least of in recent memory. Like, I cannot think of a game that has dominated more like discussion and um, wonder and like mystery to it, where we have literally only seen a cinematic trailer. Like, Mm -hmm. that is it. Like, I think a a runner up is like God of War 2, but even that's that's a known quantity to an extent. Like, we we know we know the characters starring that game. We have an idea what the combat and everything's going to feel like. And I think we have, you know, similar concepts with Elden Ring. But this is this is a game. And we've talked about this on the show has such a dedicated uh, subreddit that they started basically creating lore and sharing stories of boss battles that they had that don't actually exist. Like they're so into every little detail about this game. And so, like, I, I think leaks are bad. I think that, like, Pirated leaks are bad, um, but I did look at this because I'm buying this game on day one no matter what, and I'm tremendously <laughs> excited for it. And everything in it is cool as hell, and I really love what FromSoft does. I think that they're on a completely different level than pretty much any other gaming company. Like, I, t- t- to be able to get an idea of what this game might play like, and, and Dorno, you're playing through a bunch of like Souls, Soulsborne games now. Like, to, we we have a kind of an idea of how this is going, how we interact with this, right? But just seeing the world and like the creatures and monsters and just like the the colors that are here now, I will say like it's got a <laughs> vibrancy to it. Again, this is all based on hearsay and who knows it's and this leak or whatever is in there that may or may not be real, but looks pretty official. Uh, I can't wait for this game. I can't wait for it. It um yeah, it's an interesting one because we don't know exactly the the date of origin of this footage, obviously how it was procured. And uh, as Brian was saying, like leaks are, uh, you know, w- when they come up in this way, it's, it's a, t- a terrible thing. Obviously, this is not the way the developers want the game to be shown off. Uh, it's not an actual practical way of seeing the game, even whether it's at like an E3 showing or when we get to actually play the game. Like this is a very bastardized version of what they probably will want to show eventually and well, so it's and it's I also like it, you were gonna say tom it, well i saw and i i wasn't we weren't able to verify this tweet but i saw people basically saying that this is a year old yeah. internal only trailer that was i've seen leaked, that right? around yeah right mm-hmm. so like and that, we haven't been able to verify that that's actually the case just in the way that we haven't been able to verify the leak itself but like if that's true like that's especially doubly so that we're we're not seeing anything sort of representative of whatever rumored soon to come out trailer might be is it would potentially look entirely different right yeah it's there's no telling what has changed since that footage was put together whether as you were saying we haven't verified but whether it was intended just internally whether some of it may have meant to be uh, you know see the light of day uh what state the game was in if and when it was taken from the actual game there there are so many ifs and about it but and i i did want to bring it up though because i do think it points to just like the pure fervor that exists for this game right now feels like such a fever pitch like the mm-hmm. um well the it, shortest snippets it's because it's it, not, not only the shortest snippets but also like it's one of the few games where like the hype around it is so potent and like I feel like people can feel the danger of it a little bit, the hype, because I don't remember many other 
games that when rumors or potential sort of murmurings of like it might be shown here show up you have developers from other companies and developers internally and all this stuff just be straight up like the same day tweeting like no that's not happening this is like stop it because like (laughs) nobody wants it to escalate right like nobody microsoft is so knows that the backlash to there being rumors at a Microsoft of Elden Ring at a Microsoft event that then don't come to fruition, that they're like, we're not even letting that start. Like we're nipping the bud as early as we possibly can. And I don't think that that has happened for many games that uh-huh. like have that much excitement. No. And with, with this specifically, I, I would say that like, if this is a year old footage, that's part of the reason why they didn't just officially unveil it today or yesterday like when the leak came out like there were some companies that you know the the series s got leaked and at 3 a.m microsoft was like you caught us here it is you know um i I think that happens here and there like the stuff gets leaked and people own up to it fromsoft didn't go hey here's here's the 4k version of that thing that was ripped off of that potato phone back there because they know that that's year old footage and maybe they know that if they had shown it a year ago a lot of people would have said you know, this is what I expect the game to look and play and be like. And when the game does finally come out, it's different. And th- there's backlash to that. Like, I, th- yeah. I think that like that conversation has changed a lot over the last few years. And it's really important to let the audience know what they're going into and what they're actually purchasing. Because if you show them something too early and what happens so often in game design is that ideas get cut and mechanics get cut and things get, um, you know, kind of pared down and shrunk a little bit. and most of that uh, is shielded from the audience for good reason, because it's, you know, it's the whittling part of the artistic process that I don't think they necessarily need to see as consumers because they end up thinking that this is what I have to buy or this is what I am buying. And so I think when they show this game, it's going to be pretty damn close to being here. And that's awesome. Yeah, I, I think at this point they they are definitely waiting for the like when they can see the light at the end of the tunnels certain situation here, because at this point they know how popular and how anticipated it is. Like I think Bandai Namco is the publisher. They could easily probably rush and push from soft to just make a trailer to put out. Like they could, Mm -hmm. they could push them to do that, but obviously they want to wait to show what they really intend to show. And yeah, it's, it is fascinating. As you were saying, like, I don't know a game that could quite command this level of hype except for maybe before launch launch cyberpunk probably Mm -hmm. to a certain extent, but like, um, right now, exactly. Yeah. Right now, this is sort of the, the thing that all eyes are on. And I think it's smart of them not to just be putting out, you know, tons of gameplay snippets, tons of cinematic trailers. Like they really want to wait to make a big splash with whatever they're going to show. And -hmm. I would imagine it probably will be pretty close because like FromSoft hasn't really missed no, you know, since this uh, the Soulsborne genre has taken off so much, like obviously Dark Souls 2 is not looked at as fondly, but that wasn't a Miyazaki directed game. It still is a pretty well respected game. It just isn't the favorite <laughs> of the three. Like they've been on this great trajectory. They're partnered with George R. R. Martin for this game like it. Well, and that I think that's a detriment to the conversation personally, yeah. because I, that, that turns it into this running joke of like maybe it will never come out, you know, like there is that side of it too yeah it it is funny that of course like the the game everyone's waiting to see the most of and it again it's worth reminding people i've seen it going around elder ring wasn't revealed that long ago it's been less than two years uh as strange as it feels like it's been much longer because this past year has been a decade but (laughs) the 
the game itself has only been like known in this capacity for so long. And so it's it is this curious fever pitch that we're at. And I like I fully expect we'll see something from that game this year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just. It, yeah. Go ahead. No, no we're, we're just like a, we're like a few months away from, you know, event event shaped season or whatever that looks like this year. <laughs> I, I, I think that there's obviously going to be a bunch of months uh, from late spring to early summer where like announcements really start popping off, even if there aren't 40,000 people in a convention center to hear them. Um, I, 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 I like that's that feels that feels right. And there are also there are journalists in the industry that are saying that we might see it even sooner than that. We might even see it this week. So who knows? Fingers crossed. Maybe we did another one of those really early beyonds and it just turns yep. out some cool shit came out afterwards. <laughs> I was going to say there's definitely going to be a trailer tomorrow at this. So <laughs> you're welcome. Internet. Beyond once again, helping everyone. Out. We did it. Um, uh, moving on from that, though, I did want to talk a little bit about uh, what we've been playing. Uh, I know we the show just recorded a little recently, but Tom, it's been a while since you've been on and it was the weekend. So perhaps we got up to things. Tom, were you playing anything else uh, besides Maquette over the weekend that you want to shout out? Or has it been a bit? Um, it's been like a weird one. Maquette, because Maquette only took me, uh, you know, an evening to beat. Um, yeah. So I played that, but I didn't like play a ton of that. Here, one weird thing is I, I restarted Hollow Knight uh, on PS5 because it was because I had it on PS5. And I was like, hey, that's one of the five platforms that I haven't played it on yet. So I might as well replay <laughs> it on that. Here's a weird thing I will say. I had to stop playing it because I was spraining my right pinky and ring finger. And I don't know what it is, but something between the combination of the PS5 controller and that game was making me hold my hand in a position that was just like hurting just these fingers. And I don't know why. So I'm, I'm and I say this mostly because I'm really curious if anybody else has gone through this with the transition to the with with the new dual sense because i love mm. it as a controller i generally like the shape of it but like apparently it's just slightly different enough that when i need to use like i guess it's because you press the x button to jump while dashing with the trigger a lot in that game so i think mm. it might be some combination of that just makes me hold in a weird way that oh. screws me up so i'm curious <laughs> if anybody else got kind of got that, that feeling with it but like um, yeah, I, I, ha- had, I had to take a break. I had to actively take a break because it was hurting my hand too much, specifically that game on with that controller only. That's interesting. Yeah. Can you remap? Uh, I don't know, actually, in Hollow Knight. I'm not sure. Yeah, you can you can from the 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 system itself. But yeah, I don't know if it's oh. Hollow Knight. I've, I've been meaning to go into Hollow Knight recently, so I'll, I'll actually probably try that out couple days and let you know if i feel anything similarly i i would say i haven't had like specific like i can point to a finger or two that has hurt but i definitely feel like there have been games that maybe use the rumble a little too much sometimes Uh and i have definitely felt occasionally like my hands afterward were tired (laughs) after playing that has happened a couple more times more noticeably recently than on the dualshock 4 I'm realizing I don't think I've played a lot of sort of like twitchy, hardcore 2D platforming stuff on PS5 yet. Um, Like I played Cyber Shadow, but I mostly did that on my Series X and I played a bit on Switch. Uh, And there are definitely moments in that game where I was just like, okay, this is maybe I'm just my hands are getting old. Uh, which is true maybe for sure it. maybe maybe i turned 30 and now i just like <laughs> i'm broken hand health is down the toilet yeah yeah 
Yeah, health is down the toilet is such a bad sentence. <laughs> uh, I'm I'm still so groggy from the weekend, guys. I'm gonna be real with you. My, my brain is being weird. Um. Anyway, uh, so Hollow Knight, you picked back up anything else? Yeah. Uh, okay. I've been playing a lot of Magic: The Gathering. I dipped yeah. back into Celeste a little bit too, going back to the greatest hits of of recent platformers that I love. <laughs> nice. But you know, it's uh yeah, that's about it. Yeah. Uh, Brian, what about you? Anything you played over the weekend you want to give a shout out or uh, like like I was I teased a little bit about this last week, but I'm I'm super in a Yakuza zero like it's it's yeah. it finally clicked. I finally pushed past that first few hours and uh, I I love it. It's exactly what everyone described it to me as. And it's it's exactly what everyone told me I, I would love about it for years as I stubbornly ignored them <laughs> and played other things like it's. <laughs> And and here I am doing my sort of like apology tour. I'm like texting a bunch of friends being like, the game's great. It took me forever. I'm really sorry. I know you told me about this for a long time, um, especially well, you, Max. I'm sorry. I was going to say, I'm so happy you're doing this. The week Max is gone, you know, just I know. stick at home. It, it, uh... Yeah. <laughs> and then when he gets back, you can pretend like it never happened. It's never. Bring it up. <laughs> I'll just be like, uh, yeah, yeah. I never heard of it. Yakuza. No, nine, never touched it. <laughs> uh, no I got really into Kingdom Hearts. That's what. Finally. Um, <laughs> but yeah, see, it's. No, go for it. I was just going to ask you started because I've been contemplating jumping in finally, but I, I think I'm really torn between starting with zero or going to like a dragon because they both seem like different uh, good entry points, but for very different reasons. Uh, but right. like you're happy starting with zero, you feel like? Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm very happy. And obviously, I, I believe there's been a lot of debate about where to start, um, but I'm starting here. That se- It seemed like the overwhelming, not overwhelming, the needle shifted slightly to start with zero in the fan base. So I, I went with that direction. Um, cool. And I really like it uh, for a lot of reasons. One, I'm not I feel like I'm not in the headspace right now for like another massive open world game. And this isn't that like this is this is smaller, more contained environments Um, Two, I haven't traveled outside of, you know, California in in almost a year. And I used to host a travel show. I used to go on airplanes constantly. I love not being you know, in one spot for too long. And this is giving me that itch of being in a in in a place that I love. Like I, I love going to Japan and it's super cool to just like walk around some small, quaint streets that have a lot of like the weird uh which are not weird to them but funny and strange to us little things like capsule toy machines on the street and you know like just really fun signage everywhere there's like vending machines where you can go up and buy a bunch of snacks and from what i can tell like i don't know if they have any significant impact on your physical or mental health in any real prolonged capacity but sometimes it's fun to just like sit down and order yakitori and just eat it and then walk outside and be like oh yeah i could do that in a game like it's just it's it's kind of low key, like slow paced travel meets RPG River City Ransom, because like when you're not doing all that nonsense, you're just punching dudes in the face on the street. And that's a great time. <laughs> it's super fun. It's exactly what I'm looking for right now. It's like it's it's chill. It's uh, challenging enough. It's got a really interesting, fun story that I'm like finding very endearing. Uh, I'm I, yeah, I'm I'm so glad I'm I'm playing this game now because it's one of those things where I'm like. It's like watching, you know, the first Fast and the Furious movie the, for the first time. And somebody's like, they made 11 more of these. And like they, they might go to space. You're like, whoa, this is great. What a door to open, you know? Yeah. So I have like I have this whole new franchise now to play with. So I'm, I'm hyped. That's awesome. I've seen a lot of like 
Yakuza love, I think, over Twitter in the last month or two of people either like longtime fans happy with like a dragon or people coming new to it like you. And yeah, it's definitely gotten me in the thought of like, okay, maybe I should finally, you know, listen to Max and and jump in at this point, because as you were sort of saying, it feels like a fun escape in a lot of ways, mm-hmm. which is definitely not a bad thing these days. Yeah, this is a, this is not an at all a helpful recommendation, I think, for Brian. But I had a very <laughs> similar reaction when I played through Persona 5 Strikers, because like mm. that you could tell me that that game was partially funded by like the Japanese tourism board. <laughs> and I would believe you because they go to all these different cities. And every time they go to a city, they like always camp next to like a like landmark or like a tourist spot and then they'll like tell you about that tourist spot and then they'll tell you like what the, that city's local cuisine is famous for and like you go to one of those restaurants and eat it and you're like wow this is so good and it's like it felt like a little bit of like tour digital tourism while playing that game and mm-hmm. I, I agree that was valuable man that felt nice I, I feel like we should make a video that's sort of just like top 10 real places to visit in in video games based on real life <laughs> better headline will workshop but just to we'll sort of talk be like to you, lucy off air yeah <laughs> <laughs> lucy will turn that into not word garbage uh <laughs> just sort of be like hey if you really want to go to paris like this is your game if you really want to go to italy this is your game they're all assassin's creed games uh, <laughs> no. no i think that'd be really fun like this just sort of be like here's how video games handle real places that we can't visit right now you know yeah, it's uh, it is a nice we I, I totally, you know, not having played Yakuza, but uh, Tom speaking to Persona, I absolutely felt the same way. And, and it's very there's something very pleasant about it where it, it mm-hmm. is coming from like, you're right. It almost feels like they're advertising, but it comes from such like a good natured, happy place that I'm like, oh, yeah, this does seem lovely. I'd probably really enjoy this in real life if I could. Um, but speaking of visiting places, I, I definitely will never go. Uh, I did start uh, Sekiro over the weekend um after bouncing on that game super hard uh and and red is showing my footage because <laughs> i'm live streaming uh and wow. i spent i spent most of the first day fighting this goddamn un- the unchained <laughs> ogre this uh, red you're gonna have to bleep me for the first time but this <laughs> guy my god i like i it's probably the angriest i've gotten in a game in a long time but i had to persevere there's one point where he because he can grab you this first ogre uh, like he can grab you and then toss you over his head he grabbed me and tossed me over the side of the cliff and mm-hmm. I still could have like I could have resurrected if he had just like ground pounded me. It would have been fine. But he was just like, no, you have no chance. Right. And this I, is I cheese the hell out of this dude. No, I have no. Yeah. <laughs> no they apparently they apparently patched one of the, the main cheesing methods, because as I was playing, people in the chat were telling me like, oh, go do this way. And they're like, oh, you can't do that anymore because, he knows. oh, there. and so I couldn't like sneak around him to be able to get a good hit in. Um so it was really tough, but like coming from uh, I ended up jumping into this for some backstory because uh, my uh, the people watching me, we fundraised and were hitting a certain goal for a charity. And so I jumped from Dark Souls one to Sekiro. And that's a very different jump uh, to go from the first Dark Souls to this. But mm-hmm. I I am glad I'm back in it because I I bounced off it. Uh, when it first came out because I had zero souls experience and this one, I feel like even though it plays very differently, having that at least like idea in my head of how to play these games and the punishment I will go through early on, I think is helping me a lot in this case. And the fluidity of it, the the fact that there is jumping like there, there is a bit more of mobility that you just don't yes. get in other souls games. I really, I really like it. Like it doesn't make me want to stop playing the other souls games. Like I do want to go back to the Dark souls games and bloodborne, of course, and everything, but having a game where you are, jumping around and you can run away and i'm not working uh worrying about a stamina bar 
is a very different freeing experience, but a, a challenge in its own right that I'm really digging so far. I, I, yeah. I really liked it a lot. In- incredibly well said. I, I, I and here's me exercising because uh, one of, one of the rewards. I'm you're like, wearing yeah, the same hoodie now, so that screwing me up. I thought you were just like getting up and leaving. <laughs> <laughs> That's like, yeah. Throwing those All right. Anyway, I gotta go. <laughs> you're yeah. glitching. He's gonna start t posing. Um, no, I'm totally with you. This uh, and like we were we were laughing about getting our asses kicked by that ogre. That ogre, like we were talking about before, is like you haven't necessarily learned the game language by that yeah. point, and eventually you're like, ah, oh, crap. It's a rhythm game. Like, I totally didn't realize like there is there's like there you can't just button mash your way through this. And he's a he's a it's weird to be like, I'm a ninja or uh, I'm a samurai. I'm this fast paced, you know, like unstoppable force. And this guy's like, well, I'm a I'm a drunk ogre that lives on a stairwell. And I have like pieces of wood <laughs> stuck in my face. Want to yeah. fight? And you're just like, well, I don't know how to be like slick about this. Um, but yeah, you get you get much better at the game and y- y- everything starts clicking more. Much. Yeah, obviously, it already has happened for you. But yeah, this yeah. is this is this is I, I really want to revisit this game now, man. Now, it now was, you're getting me. It was that really fun moment because, yeah, it's it's totally that thing where someone in, in my chat as I was playing live was saying it really well because they had played it of like the game does a really great uh, like pulling the carpet out from underneath you because it it starts as a power fantasy like in the beginning in the first couple like small enemies you're fighting they're pretty easy like as the beginning of a souls games go it's probably the easiest start to a souls game that i've had um because and you feel powerful when you're doing it like the attacks hit really hard the blocks feel really satisfying like everything about it is this really great power fantasy and then you just get to this ogre and you're mm-hmm. like what am i doing with my life and it it really forces you it is that the, the the you know the crappy like get good moment but it it does really force you to understand the game in a level that you didn't have to just yet and i think will probably benefit me in the long run to have had this encounter mm-hmm. um but yeah i really enjoy that and then also wanted to give too i started a game called curse of the dead gods uh which yeah, is on ps4 uh and i've been using it as uh brian you talked about on the show a few weeks ago and then uh you talking about it convinced greg uh miller to buy it and then greg convinced barrett our old producer to buy it and then he convinced me to buy the backbone uh mm-hmm. not a sponsor of the show but they uh it's a, a controller that you can essentially use for your phone um i know you were using it been on it and it's really great for a game like this which is um, filling a, a somewhat Hades sized hole in my heart. It definitely doesn't have the reliance on story uh, that Hades does and doesn't have necessarily that loop to it, but it's a really satisfying roguelike experience that um, I, I like the, the push and pull of essentially risk and reward that comes with it because essentially you're consistently getting more and more cursed as you go on. And so you're having to fight against these negative impacts on your game as you are trying to get through these, you know, randomized rooms and go through runs. I, I'm really enjoying that push and pull. Uh, I'm I'm loving it a lot. But you've started it too, Brian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's um, it's tough. Like, yeah, it's it's yeah. definitely a tough game, and I, I dig that about it. Uh, I'm um really impressed with sort of how how quick the movement is when you really get down to it. Like, there's a there's an interesting sort of um dance between your projectile stuff your blunt object stuff and then your dash and there's also like a timing mechanic for when an enemy basically lunges at you or throws a projectile which gives it this like awesome very brief bullet timey sequence where you're kind of dashing through people and when you start linking a bunch of stuff like that in a row it's awesome like there's there's this really crazy sort of ping pong effect happening around the room uh 
and then you you miss one or two and you start getting beat up and you're like, all right, I got to build that back up again. <laughs> but yeah, I, 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 I like this game a lot. I'm a couple hours in and it's definitely tough as hell. Uh, yeah, it's but really I, I'm going to keep pushing. Yeah, yeah. It, I, it, it, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, I really this game is really cool, too, to me, because it feels like it borrows a lot of ideas from other places but without feeling just outright derivative right like i think a lot of the times a game can either get caught in just like oh i'm just gonna be this but this right hades but x and it like feels like its own thing but it does also have like so many recognizable components like combat kind of reminds me a lot of hades right and then it's got the slay the spire sort of map decision choices and then it's got dead cells as weapon and attribute systems and then it's got darkest dungeons kind of light and corruption mechanics Mm -hmm. and it's like all of these things that are so recognizable from other places but in a hole that doesn't just feel like it's copying any one of them. It feels very much like its own thing. And that's like a, it's a hard line to walk. And I think it walked it very well. Totally. Yeah. It's a, thank you for mentioning the dark soul thing. Cause I was trying to, I'm like, I know I, the attribute system in here is from somewhere, but I couldn't place it. And yeah, yeah it, it totally was straight up dead cells. Yeah. Yeah. And, and like you say, it definitely feels like the, there is a hodgepodge of ideas you have seen before, but it never feels like it is just, a, a carbon copy like it, there right. there is something about the melding of all of them and i think both the aesthetic and uh the the light and dark mechanic in there uh and the way it's used with these characters the the creature design that you're fighting is really cool uh, yeah i i really dig it and definitely if you are in the mood for a roguelike especially a new one this uh don't sleep on this one because it came out just a couple weeks ago and i haven't heard too much about it but uh yeah, mitchell, mitchell, mitchell gave it a nine, it. yeah yeah uh, his his review was what convinced me, and yeah, I totally totally recommend it if you have enjoyed Hades. Uh, but don't have it on PS4 yet. Come on, Super Giant, just bring it over. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, before we wrap up, did want to read one memory card story. Memory card, of course, is our weekly uh, segment where you, the viewers and listeners at home, write in with your favorite happy, sad, weird, wacky, whatever memory playstation or gaming life and we read them on the show uh this one uh, you may remember a couple of weeks ago i had called out for i could not find the story for the life of me in my email and wanted to read it it was vaguely a follow-up um to another story that we had gotten in kind of about uh this was one where someone uh was not able to get Tomb Raider to play on their PC. Uh, and they went back and their parent basically fought with the store clerks that their son knew how to use a computer and it wasn't their fault and it must have not been their problem. And then, of course, it turned out their PC didn't have a disk drive in it. Um, and they kept that secret <laughs> with them to that day. Anyway, this is sort of another uh, awkward situation in a, a retail store, but it has quite the twist. Uh, so anyway, Ed wrote into <laughs> beyond at IGN.com and said, My dad got us a PlayStation 2 around a year after they came out. A few months later, we got the dreaded disc read error. A PS2 was a pretty big purchase in my family, so needless to say, my dad was angry. First at us, asking us until we convinced him the console failed on its own. Uh, He's always been that kind of guy to fix everything himself instead of taking it to the shop. Um, So my dad broke the warranty to try to fix it, but no luck. Frustrated, my dad decided to try and return it to the store for a different one and, as a punishment, took me with him. I didn't know it at the time, but my dad bought the console at a Walmart, which was only a five to seven minute drive down the road uh, from the Kmart he decided to go to. We go up to the counter and there's this young woman there. My dad politely asks for an exchange. My dad didn't have a receipt, so the cashier tries her best to find the information through scanning all the barcodes. It takes a long 10 minutes for her to tell my dad there was nothing in the computer about it. 
Uh, my dad used to have a short fuse back in the day, so he got agitated pretty quickly and asked her to check again and again, each time getting angrier, the woman gets frustrated and seemed to be on the verge of tears, so she calls in the manager. The manager comes to the counter and hears my dad, who's making a scene at this point. I'm standing there embarrassed, but I really wanted my PS2 back, so I kept my mouth shut as my dad explains that the console broke and that he bought it here for Christmas the year before, and the manager gets confused. He tells my dad that they didn't have any PS2s in stock until after the new year. <laughs> my dad doesn't relent no matter how many times the to him the possible way he could have bought a PS2 from that store, but he sticks to the story. The manager takes the console, opens it, sees the warranty sticker is broken, yet my dad stood his ground. It may have lasted for all of 20 minutes, but I felt like I was there for over an hour before the manager just became exhausted and relented. They took our console and gave us a brand spanking PS2. I was stunned. My dad drove silently and told me that he would never, ever do that again or take care of the PS2. <laughs> I thought the story ended there, but there's an epilogue. Uh oh. Years later, my youngest brother gets his first serious girlfriend. We invite her and my mom to come to a family gathering. And when the mother, uh, her, her and her mom, and when the mother arrives, her jaw drops as she meets my dad. She gets this look like uh, she's seen a ghost. My brother's girlfriend's mom was the lady my dad was yelling at the day at the Kmart. <laughs> All the way back originally. It was really awkward at first, and she said that it was one of the worst days of her entire life. But my dad apologized and explained the whole thing. By the end of the night, they buried the hatchet. Um, just the fact, that, the fact that that came back at the end to haunt a Christmas or a holiday years later is just incredible to me. Uh, uh, complete side note, but he said he got the disc read error. I, I just remembered that my friends and I used to call that Dr. Dre. <laughs> Specifically that error. No, uh, like the DRE. Oh, OK. Oh, <laughs> the discreet. <error. laughs> That's really good. Um, anyway, Ed, thank you so much for writing in with that uh, wild memory card story. If you want to write in with the story, uh, you can at I come with the subject line memory card each week on the show. Uh, before we wrap up, though, just also briefly wanted to mention uh, before we leave any plugs that you want to share, Tom, I know you obviously published the maquette review recently so people should go check that out if they haven't anything else you want to plug recently or has it been you know a busy time <laughs> nah it's been a, 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 uh i'll plug um uh uh not being on twitter that's what i'm plugging it's a good plug I uh, the outdoors. that's my plug that's a good idea that's a bad <laughs> game a that really, we all play that's a really yeah. Plug right now when like half the country is under ice. I don't know. Um, do what you love. That's my plug. I'm floundering. Move on. <laughs> uh, Brian, anything you want to plug? Uh, no, not yet. I feel like everything I'm working on either happened already or ha- isn't happening yet, and I can't. So no, not yet. But uh, I don't know. Fair go enough. go watch more horror movies. They're good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I will plug uh, as I mentioned it last week. Please go check out my. Uh, Bugsnacks deep dive. I love that it's just killed Tom. Uh, please go check out my Bugsnacks deep dive about the ending if you haven't uh, read that, but have beaten Bugsnacks. Definitely go check that out. Uh, and then I also did previews for Returnal, uh, which I got to speak with the Husmark team a little bit about, and Stonefly, which is this really cool looking indie game from the developers of Creature in the Well. Uh, please go check those out if you haven't seen them already. Uh, and then, yeah, outside of that stuff, just also briefly wanted to mention uh, I watched Nomadland this weekend and it was wonderful. Ooh. It was so good. Uh, and Chloe Zhao, who directed it, is directing Eternals, which is so awesome and such a, right? such a such a jump. But man, I can't wait for that movie, especially after what like I trust in her as a director so much. I can't wait to see what see what she does with that movie. 
Um, the there was that like WandaVision quote about grief going around over the weekend and a lot of people were like making fun of it and a lot of people were saying this is the best line ever and there was a part of me being just like um if you think this is powerful there's a movie that handles grief better than pretty much any movie I've seen in a very long time and it's on Hulu right now uh and it's called Nomadland and it just won a Golden Globe watch yeah. that shit Nomadland is really fantastic and I urge you to watch it if you but uh yeah that's gonna pretty much wrap us up for this week's episode of Beyond Thank you, everyone out there, so much for watching. And thank you, Brian and Tom, for joining me this weekend or this week. It's not the weekend anymore. God damn it. <laughs> it's Tuesday. It's Tuesday. And uh, thank you so much, as always, to Red, our producer, for helping to make the show happen, even when I forget what day of the week it is. Uh, so thank you so much for being here. And as always, beyond. 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 <laughs>